0: I didn't do it just for the money, meant for the feeling. I made it through the...
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. I am Kate Pruiser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing, and joining me, as always, is my co-pilot, my person who makes sure that I do not drive faster than he can fly, John Troopin. (laughs) John, how are you? It's not
0: a high bar, thankfully. I'm doing well, Kate. (laughs) Um, The last time, this is, I believe, the first time that you and I have spoke uh, since March, where the mariners have been in uh, oh either a tie or, uh, f- or sole possession of a playoff position. Yeah. Which it's... is pretty fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. This is insane. Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 banana <laughs> pants, it's uh, it's really fun. <laughs> uh-huh. It's definitely fun. Uh, it's also weird, it feels weird. Yeah. Um and it's kind of crazy that all of this is happening. In a weird mirror parallel to last year, right, where we have uh-huh. the Edgar retirement ceremony coming up, um, mm-hmm. just that close mirror to keep fighting and Junior, and last year, and just wow. I mean, so many things happen in baseball that you are going to get repeats and coincidences and, and things uh, when you play one hundred and sixty-two games, like. That that's gonna happen. Um, there are gonna be echoes of the past in what you're doing, but mm-hmm. it just seems especially echoey right now, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> it is. I mean, like you know, especially if you're you know a long time fan, and especially, especially, I'm sure if you're a long time LL fan. You are know, you it's...
1: are you are you going there? Are you? Well, there? well, I think it's it's you're important go to there. balance the different options. No, okay, option all right, go for it. We've
0: <laughs> <laughs> because we've had such. Fantastic uh, moments where, you know, there's been this home series, you know, like like, we, like you talked about last, you know, last year we had Griffey Weekend, came through, swept, you know, the Sean O'Malley, Sean O'Reilly. Uh, Wait,
1: time incredible. out. Should we briefly tell that story about how amazing Shawn O'Malley is? Is that a huge distraction?
0: Oh, no. Absolutely.
1: Okay, okay. So, John and I were in Tacoma um, this past Tuesday I guess mm-hmm. yeah, it was Tuesday we were there Tuesday um and we're told this great story about Sean O'Malley wherein there's a kid there's a bunch of kids who hang out outside of the Rainiers games and they're autograph hounds and they collect every player's autograph and mm-hmm. one kid in particular had kind of a rough home life and uh had amassed over the years this great collection and it really mattered to him mm-hmm. and, and uh and they
0: had sort of had become you know recognized like a pet, to the point yeah <laughs> like sort a, of but it, like you know a... the 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 rainiers sort of had a relationship with the kid and they'd let him come into games uh, you know and and hang out for free to some degree so he was he not only was he outside the stadium but he'd sort of developed you know he was in the stadium a lot as well
1: right so um Tragedy strikes and his house burns down and he loses all of this memorabilia Mm -hmm. he's collected over the years. And Forrest Snow, who some of you will remember as being a Mariner's Minor Leaguer, I think he's in the Brewers system now? Yeah, Brewers, because he was with the Sky Sox when the Rainiers played him. Um, Forrest Snow, UW grad, great guy. And Sean O'Malley went around and collected a bunch of stuff uh, from all the players that they could, and just gave him this huge cart full of memorabilia. Mm-hmm. And then when O'Malley was called up to the bigs, he sent a limo to Tacoma to collect this kid and his girlfriend, and brought it's, them up it's like
0: to a young high school kid. Yeah, at this point.
1: Yeah, like a well, like in senior hi- in his or, later years of high yes, school, I think. Nice. But yeah, yeah. So collected him whisked him off to safeco like uh was it diamond, club, diamond tickets? club tickets? diamond club tickets uh gave him a bunch of signed stuff from that mm-hmm. um and just really kind of made him
0: took him out just, to dinner afterwards yes
1: dinner that's right
0: um, and then sent him back to tacoma in said limo again <laughs> So,
1: yeah, didn't just leave him on the streets of of Seattle because that's <laughs> the kind of guy. If if you if you weren't sold on Sean O'Malley before the ending of this story, let's yeah. let's make that clear that he did ensure safe passage for him back to Tacoma. Yeah. Um so anyway, those kinds of things are what makes Sean o, If if you're a Sean O'Malley fan, <laughs> I hope that this serves to kind of confirm why he's just the greatest. Yes. So,
0: um you know, it was the Sean Rally weekend. Yes, you know, the the, the catch, a, right? Know,
1: the catch. Um, <clears throat> was that the catch?
0: No, because well, no. he, he had the go-ahead homer.
1: That was it.
0: Um, and then ah, I'm trying to remember. Wow, well, I mean, it was it was a spectacular series of of games, essentially, and and led into you know after that sweep, then led into sweeping Detroit, and sort of really led to the you know almost playoff push that the M's had last year um and the you know month and a half of really uh, honest to goodness exciting check the standings every day <laughs> check yeah. the scores every day because it's worthwhile kind of baseball um so that was you know that was last year and that you know the trade off of course is you know we've had big series where it's very well you know hyped and very you know it's exciting the teams in contention and they flopped, and you know, people point to the Blue Jays series last year, which is you know, sort of a, a very frustrating, deflating series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe
1: one that made you actually made one of our staff <laughs> writers, <clears throat> Zach Gotti, actually f- cry.
0: He, it was a confluence of factors, but yeah, it was not. Yeah, a alcohol good scene. was involved, it, it was and not, falling
1: down some stairs.
0: Yeah, there it was a real falling down the stairs in front of a, a gaggle of Blue Jays fans who proceeded to laugh hysterically <laughs> about it. Just That's... a very unfortunate situation. And I... Doesn't that
1: just kind of capture the whole image? <laughs> that uh... If there's a symbol, if, if you wrote it in a book, your editor would reject that as too heavy-handed a symbol for what was going on there. <sighs> Uh, well, I've been waiting for you to say the word, the magic word of the. the... Um,
0: yes, yeah, so I mean, folks remember Lollapalooza very well, and you know. How
1: did it get that name, Uh
0: So I mean, it was an official. So that was, this was in the time frame where you were. You were I was in Philly. In Philly, yeah, Philly yeah, I right? missed all of this. Okay, so, in fairness, I was a bit. I I wasn't quite as finger to the pulse of on, on this one as others <laughs> um since i was in 7th grade 8th grade um
1: but <clears throat> <laughs> that sorry that's for all of our listeners over age 30 <laughs> that anguished howl of existential despair is going out to you
0: <laughs> but it was it was an official team um team uh, promotion. Uh, It was not just granted that by the, by fans. It was Lollabalooza sponsored by the Mariners. All right. So let's be honest. Mayor Greg Nichols declares Friday, like Mariners day or something of, of that nature. You can find the official, um, I think someone posted in the comments, um, a few days ago, you can find the promotion sort of like, uh, itself still on the Mariners website. Mm. Um, and, you know, they wanted to have a blue out of the stadium um, all weekend. And it was a great idea. And it was really a bummer that the Mariners got outscored 22 to 8 in a sweep um, where Felix was outpitched by El Weaver, um, Jeff, Jared. Um, One of them. And, you know, Garrett Anderson was, pu- you know, just pummeled the Mariners and. It was a miserable, you know, deflating experience, and you know the Americans. Which, just... let's
1: be honest, when they created the word "lollapalooza," they were kind <laughs> of asking for.
0: It's it. You could say
1: that. I want to punch that word in the nose. It was it, it, Icarus might have <laughs> been flown a too big close fan. on his blue wax wings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have been a fan. <laughs> yeah,
0: Daedalus might have been a bit cautionary on that, um, but yeah, so, you know, team dropped out of the playoff hunt, uh, you know, soon afterwards. I mean, it wasn't the end of the season there, but it, you know, it was the sort of defining moment and really punctured the balloon that was 2007 and it led to, you know, a long period of is sustain you know, the I would say longest period of sustained misery in, in um Ugh. in the last twenty five years of the fan base. Uh oh. you know
1: speak speak words of comfort, Spirit. Wow. Like why <laughs> why are we not going to be what what are the key differences between where the Mariners were in two thousand seven <laughs> and where we are now that is going to prevent Lollabalooza from happening again first of all no stupid name so already a huge huge check in the pro column it is,
0: it is a plus um I would say it's a it's a, it's interesting because you know it's better in some ways it's worse than others you know the offense is dramatically better the the offense is better than any offense that the Mariners have had in years in years and years in years like 2003 2002 2001 that is that is it is not an exaggeration you know this is since the Mariners have made the pl- last made the playoffs they have not had an offense like this um and that keeps you in games and that allows you to win games where Giovanni Gallardo goes you know Four innings, or Ariel Miranda gives up six runs in five innings. You know, that is not the best way to win baseball games, but it is, you know, you have a level of security there that you're never quite out of a game. And, you know, we felt that a little bit in 2014 when we first had, you know, Cano, and it was like, oh, we have a hitter. (laughs) Um, And, you know, 2015 obviously didn't work out, but it was still that sense of, well, a lot of things are falling apart here, but at least the offense is there. And now, you know, 2016, the offense was there if they hit homers. And this year, the offense is there. Mm -hmm. They don't have to hit homers. They can hit homers, but they can, you know, there are you know a number of ways they can hurt you. And the defense can save you. And the bullpen looks (laughs) like... If you just give them anything, they can handle it. <laughs> if you just... Which
1: is weird. That's a weird sentence to say right, right now mm-hmm. here in August. Mm-hmm. That is not a sentence we would have said in May. Right. right. But it
0: is what... I guess, you know, I if you're relying on a bullpen, you're in a dangerous state, you know, going into the season. But the best case scenario of this team was a team that had a... Mediocre rotation, had very good offense, had exceptional defense, and had a really strong bullpen. And that's, you know, we have essentially, they've rounded into that form since the All-Star break, except mediocre is not really quite what you can give the rotation right now. Although, you know, it's a little bit better... Probably than what it was in the Christian Bergman, um, Chase DeJong, you know, Sam Gaviglio s sort of rotation, where it was a lot of guys who were having moments but were realistically overmatched. And now at least you have some level of backup and some level of consistency behind them, where it's like. Okay, just go five innings. Oh, okay, maybe four and a third. Four and a third's okay, Giovanni. You know, <laughs> we've got Emilio. We've got Casey Lawrence. You know, will like right. get the cup. Right, and-
1: Casey Lawrence, who essentially, I mean, I don't know what kind of wizardry Jerry performs with the Blue Jays, where maybe they just give up too easily on their AAA pitchers. But as Wade LeBlanc last year. Uh, he snatches Casey Lawrence out of relative obscurity, mm. having been DFA'd. And I knew that was a good move as soon as I saw how mad Blue Jays fans were about it. I was like, oh, excellent. This is this is somebody who can probably help us. Um, and lo and behold, he's been able to turn on these multiple innings and uh, provide pretty consistent shutdown ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Emilio Pagan, who has been a closer his entire mm-hmm. career, basically, mm-hmm. has always been a late-inning, either a setup or a closer, mm-hmm. high-leverage guy. Um, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe I can actually give you three innings. Uh-huh. And uh, That has been huge. Yeah. The, the importance of that cannot be overstated, because it's essentially like getting half a starter, mm-hmm. right? And it's... When you have... Go ahead. Oh,
0: I no, go ahead. I was just gonna talk about the sort of consistency as well. The that he and Lawrence are both finally off the Tacoma shuttle.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how much that seems to help guys, uh not having them constantly be worried about whether they're going to be sent up or down or <laughs> where they're gonna be staying, mm-hmm. um where they're gonna be sleeping. Yeah. Uh, Because it's it's tough and you think you think real estate in Seattle is hard (laughs) Imagine being a guy who doesn't know what he's going to be doing next week and trying to find a Reasonable place to live because you don't know if you're gonna be making a big league paycheck or a minor league paycheck Mm -hmm. These are real things that I I don't know that everybody thinks about all the time when that goes into that shuttling I appreciate Emilio Pagan, too, just being like, heck no, I'm not going back to Tacoma. (laughs) (laughs) Just that determination. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, when you get a guy who can go three, four innings, that's half a starter. So pair that with another half a starter, (laughs) if that's Marco Gonzalez or Giovanni or whoever. And, you know, um, I think it's kind of challenging, the idea of what a rotation is or can be or will look like. And so maybe we don't have a 1 through 5, maybe we have a 1 through 10. Yeah,
0: and we, I think we could both say, we can preface this by saying, this is not ideal. I wish I wish no. we had real, like, good starting <laughs> no, pitchers. No, no, we, we all
1: wish we had pitchers. Uh, but,
0: you know, there's not, And and maybe, you know, we can get into some of the Twitter questions here, because I think one of the main themes that we've been hearing over the past week, and certainly something worth being interested in is, is Justin Verlander some of the manager target or any, you know, some of the lower level guys, Marco Estrada, Julius Cass Chessine, maybe, maybe I was over two on his name there. Uh, I'm not actually <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Urban Santana, um, you know, just you know, guys who are more rental or, you know, not quite as don't right. quite have the leverage or, or the, you know, Recognition of Verlander, but purely by being reasonable MLB starters, are upgrades over four fifths of our rotation (laughs) right now. Yeah. Um. So, I guess I'm I would question I would posit that to you and our you know one of our first questions from Doug De Bruyne from At Lone Pilot is Verlander available and could the M's pick him up?
1: Uh, all I'm seeing right now is dollars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> the Tigers either want a top prospect for him, which we obviously do not have to give. I yeah, I don't think that they would even be satisfied with like a Kyle Lewis. Ti- I mean, I think that they want somebody who is close to ready. Yeah. And obviously, we can be very easily outbid on that. I mean, I'm just watching the Nashville Sounds game. Yeah. Oakland doesn't have a super well-regarded farm system. They're fine, but you know they're not tops, but there were easily like, we watched Franklin Barreto and we watched Renato Nunez and uh, there's pretty easily, they just pluck one of those guys out and say, we'll take on some salary and bing, bang, boom. Um, So they either want a top prospect or a ton of salary relief. And I don't know that we've seen DePoto be willing, hampered as he is with the contracts he does have. It doesn't seem that is at least not what he has said. I don't know if and maybe he's changing tack, but that's what he's
0: been. I mean, and it's not what he's done either. At least you know with the murders. No. I mean, you know, in in with the Angels, he had a different. If you murders,
1: were forced but. to pay for Albert Pujols, you also <laughs> would hate spending money. <laughs> exactly, right?
0: and and so, you know, I'm not opposed. I, conceptually to going after Verlander. I think there's a reasonable deal there there's absolutely a reasonable deal where the Mariners can you know trade for Verlander where they p- take a lot of the contract and they probably give up some reasonable prospect um you know mm-hmm. whether I, d- I I don't know what that is. I I mean it's tough to say what people value because again like the eighth, tenth prospect in the Mariners, you know, system is as you said, you know, doesn't generally stack up to the eighth, tenth.
1: I mean, currently the ninth best prospect in our system is Braden right. Bishop, who most scouts project as a fourth outfielder. Right. I, of course, have my own feelings about Braden right. Bishop, but
0: but, it, but like
1: what's important here is how they're valued to the rest of the of the community, which unfortunately is we just don't have those blue chip prospects. Right.
0: Um. It's just, yeah, exactly as you said. So, if the Mariners wanted to take on the entirety of the contract, maybe that gets the Tigers' interest. And I should preface this by saying, the way that the trades work after the deadline is a little bit funky, but essentially players are placed on what are called revocable waivers, and everyone gets to, you know, every team gets a chance to claim that player, and If the team wants to let them be claimed, they can let them be claimed, or they can pull them back and say, just kidding, we're keeping them. Or they can say, okay, we'll negotiate a trade with you. And if the player goes all the mm-hmm. way through all 30 teams without being claimed, then they're free to be traded to any team just like if it were before the trade deadline. So all of that is to say, we don't know where Verlander is in that claims process. Um, no one has claimed him yet, but we don't really know because the Mariners made a claim on Yonder Alonso and got him, um, and then made a trade with them. So you know, it's hard to say where the team is at in terms of if they even could be the people to make the trade or, you know, you know, if any of the other pitchers are available, you know, we're assuming that, you know, Chessine or, um, Estrada are available because they're at the end of their contracts and their teams are way out of it Um, but you know who knows so
1: yeah Santana not so much I think the twins are sort of in this weird place where they're kind of looking at maybe going for it and I mean they're a young team
0: who's I think that you know the next couple years are going to be where they're really getting into it so yeah I I would agree Um, so is definitely available in terms of they're willing to trade him, but they're not going to give him up for cheap. And if you take on that contract, which is $28 million next year, $28 million a year after, um, and then a vesting option that probably wouldn't vest, um, it's like a top five Cy Young voting option. So um, you know, you'd probably be excited if it vested. Um, it's just not going to be... Uh, it's it's going to severely limit the team's flexibility in free agency next year, which is going to be really important since they need probably not just one starting pitcher, but two or yeah. three. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, they're cutting... They're going to cut $26 million losing Gallardo and Iwakuma. You're then putting all of that into a new guy who's in his mid-30s who's good you know better than iwakuma or gallardo but still that's just one guy um
1: and who is only going to be good for so much more time i mean verlander is fine this year but he potentially looks a lot less fine next year and is very expensive and our,
0: our barometer for what is fine the Mariners barometer for what can be fine versus <laughs> what like should be viewed as fine is also <laughs> so out of whack because we've had nothing. <laughs> like we've had nothing. James Paxton, and then we've had no one who's been approaching like what would be league average. So there's just been the most extreme, essentially, experiences, which makes it tough.
1: So, John, if we were to put this on a continuum where uh, the far side is impossible, mm. right, and then the other side is inevitable, mm. and then we have maybe like possible, like there's a chance mm. it could happen, but it's unlikely, and there's likely, and then there's probable. Like, where would you put that on that spectrum of? Verlander I would move? say,
0: like in a. It's not it's impossible. Not, it's not impossible. I would put it in like a five to ten percent range, and yeah. And, uh, I think it's I a reasonable thing for fans to want, but I don't. Th- I think there are enough factors in the way, some of which are even completely out of the team's control, that it's just not likely.
1: I would dub it highly unlikely, and I very much look forward to waking up at <laughs> 7 a.m. tomorrow to the news that we have sent away the entire Tacoma Rainier's. Just there's no one there anymore. We have traded the entire body of them. I, as they've a team. slowly
0: been disappearing, right? Like Chase, Chavez, down, Sam Gavilio was pulled after 70 pitches. Uh, like I, like they have three starting. Yeah, I'm pitch- still trying to figure that I mean, one out. He, he was just like, I, well, we we don't need to get too into that. But yeah, it. There, Tacoma has three starting pitchers right now, and they're just doing two bullpen yep. days a week, which is like, yeah. that's bonkers. And like. <laughs> 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 that's just really strange to do and like I guess like yeah there's like only a couple of weeks left of your season but like and yeah, they're out, out of, of it, it too. But like, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know like you need those pitchers <laughs> like uh, the
1: uh, everyone is a long reliever everyone is a Davinsky. long reliever Good so job, be, be, everyone's Jerry is so desperate to find his all, Davinsky. you all get
0: your diplomas congratulations <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're a divinsky and you're yes. a divinsky and you're a divinsky and sam Caviglia is like but i don't want to be a divinsky <laughs> too bad 70 pitches you're done <laughs>
0: um so yeah i i think that's correct i think that's fair um highly unlikely um relatedly to the to the rotation uh, and elder statesman who could possibly improve it uh william lofton at W. Loft 96 asks if Kuma came back would there be much of a chance that he is better than what we already have um I'm inclined mm-hmm. to say no No,
1: um,
0: which is a bummer because I really like Hisashi Iwakuma and I want him to be good at baseball still um <laughs> and also the Mariners could really use Hisashi Iwakuma being good at baseball still but Hisashi Okuma probably is not good at baseball still. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Unfor- unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and that if he was able to come out, come back, is so so huge. I think there is something. You know, he's just tried stuff and been shut down and tried stuff yeah. and been shut down. And it just sounds... I think even if you can clear oh. that hurdle, yeah, there's there's a question. I don't know if how bad he looked this year was due to the injury and that making him ineffective but it is really hard for me to look at him and see anything that is better right now than uh marco gonzalez or andrew moore or or i mean
0: exactly like the start of this year we saw iwakuma and if iwakuma is that if that's healthy iwakuma then absolutely not like there's a chance that that wasn't healthy bakuma and that he could come back and be healthier but you 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 can't put your
1: that goes on to that there there's that spectrum yes. again and yes. I think we Let have to maybe out, put boys. that one down <laughs> 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 I, I think we're gonna have to put that one down as it's not yeah. impossible yeah. that he is actually was actually hurt and is still probably maybe a good pitcher under all of that but I would definitely put the likelihood of that way way close to the impossible mm-hmm. side uh it is in this case highly 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 likely that hisashi iwakuma is yeah, is maybe done it is a very i'm so sorry project. to say that um okay well, yes, can we move we on to something uh here? let's see
0: um let's go to uh another question about players that have been added who are slightly more exciting um from okay. jack mckean here from aka at captain jack haddock um on twitter with yonder alonso coming on board what does the future hold for danny valencia oh.
1: i sure hope that it holds a bunch more danny valencia uh, revenge tour two run home <laughs> runs you are not gonna take uh. my job uh, you pry that from my cold, dead <laughs> fingers, etc. Because um, uh, I enjoy that version of Danny yeah, Valencia very much. so.
0: I mean, if you if you're not familiar with the Alonso Valencia story, they're like best friends. Like they grew up together in Miami. Um, they played baseball together. They played in uh, Oakland last year together. Um, yeah, they they're are both, both Cuban. Cuban. They.
1: Even though Danny describes himself as a Juban, part <laughs> Jewish, part God. Cuban.
0: It's Absolutely. like a thing. I looked it I, up. I don't so. doubt it. Um, and I don't doubt Dan Valencia doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, Valencia is credited with helping Alonso turn his career around to some degree. Not, you know, Alonso wasn't falling apart. You know, he was the seventh overall pick in the draft. So, you know, maybe like several several years ago um but you know he's sort of a mediocre hitter up until this year and has been a guy who's adjusted his swing and had a lot of success um i would i my ideal i mean for the rest of the season it's going to be a straight platoon you're going to see alonso against right handed pitchers you're going to see valencia at first against left-handed pitchers that's what it's going to be and then whichever one isn't in that's a like better pinch hitter than we've had off the bench, Mm -hmm. you know, this entire season where previously it was either you're pinch hitting Carlos Ruiz or you're pinch hitting Mm. Guillermo Heredia or that fun stretch back, um, you know, a a few months ago where Mike Freeman was pinch hitting, um, and Mm. it was the saddest thing. Um, (laughs) so in, in the, in the near future, uh, you know, I think that's what we see in the long term future. I would be very interested in seeing them both brought back pending the cost. What do you, what do you think about that? Kate?
1: I don't know. I think we need to see some, I, I need to see some more out of Alonzo first. I didn't study him very carefully when he was in Oakland. I always liked him. He seemed like a nice guy he seemed to hit well against <laughs> us, which was annoying, but he wasn't mm. annoying about it. Um, so, I just I would like some time to watch him and kind of see how he fits in and how he fits in with like the clubhouse culture that they're yeah. building and and yeah. everything um it paying a lot for a first base platoon distresses mm. me theoretically because that's money that could be going towards pitching, and I would rather have slightly less production at first base than uh <laughs> no pitchers. What we are, yeah. What yeah, we are looking certainly. at this year with the pitching. Um, so I don't know. It would it would have to come down to what they would, yeah. what kind of deals could be yeah. worked out with. In them. theory,
0: it is a good fit in terms of Valencia is one of the best hitters in the league against lefties, and Lonzo is the same against righties. And um, you know, if you have stretches where maybe next year Nelson Cruz is hurt again. Uh, you know, Alonso's a capable D H and when everyone's healthy, you know, Valencia one of the things that was exciting about Valencia initially when we signed him or when we traded for him rather was, yeah, he can play first base, but like, you know, he's mainly played third base and, you know, left field and right field and it's not like you want to stick him out there all the time, but you can give Kyle Seager a day off. You can give, you know, right. you know you can mix and match in later innings with your defense and, you know, and pinch hitting more flexibly when you have Danny Valencia coming off the bench sometimes or you have another reasonable hitter. Um, so I would like...
1: The other thing is there's a Daniel Vogelback yes. just sitting there yes. in Tacoma, just sitting there, and they don't uh-huh. pitch to him anymore. It's a total waste yeah. of his time. He is the PCL leader in walks. I think he's currently the leader. He keeps going back and forth. Uh, he has a crazy on-base percentage because last night he actually got a pitch, and he went oppo with it for a two-run mm-hmm. home run. Um, but he does not. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of wasting yeah. his time down there in Tacoma. And the, he He's not, I think, super happy. He feels like mm. he's producing and... Um, it's sort of a waste to have him just mm. sitting there. Uh, it's not helping him as a player, and yeah. So I I don't I don't know. There's that too, but I don't know how they feel on Vogelpack. Yeah.
0: It I would be surprised. I would say if we're bringing that that spectrum back out, I would say it's not highly unlikely, but I would say it's less likely than likely. That Vogelbach is in the organization next year, uh, hmm. which is not, yeah. I I mean, it, it's possible, but uh, I don't know. It, it seems like a, a long shot. And you know, I mean, maybe they bring Valencia back. Maybe they think Vogelbach can handle lefties and righties. But they have not. It is not a ringing endorsement to bring in, you know, a a, a guy who essentially is you but better with, you know, two months left after you've been, you know, spending all the whole season in the minors after you were being considered to be the starter coming out of the gate this year. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, we we, we, we dipped. We dipped again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We dipped. Um, let's see here. Uh, how about this question from Suizo? Uh, Jason, he asks, The King's Court uh, slash Maple Grove. Who are some other M starting pitchers, past and present, who deserved a cheering section? And what would it look like? Mm. Um, and... I've I've been thinking. I mean, because there's a few ways to look at this, right? There's there there are the best Mariners pitchers, and then there are sort of the more eclectic Mariners
1: pitchers. Um, yes, like I would very much enjoy a, a rough Swan cheering section, <laughs> where you lifted various members of the 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 Swan the Swan Swan Song. Oh man, mm-hmm. you could have a Swan Song. Uh, just lifting them up and having them the swan, swan dive into the crowd. The swan pond. Oh, no, he died. Oh, no, Russ Swan. Wait! this oh, was supposed no. to be the fun one. <laughs> he
0: died. Oh,
1: no. He died at 42 after falling down. Uh, oh, no. Oh, this feels very disrespectful now. <laughs> oh. Kate, oh, man. How did we, how did we I, do this? How did we go so wrong? I... I mean, I was just trying to think back. Swan was I. Swan was my. Um, you know, that was my era uh, of. I used to sort of get him and Bill Swift confused because swa. Sure. Um, okay, so let me let me Good. just pivot quickly to Bill Good. Swift. Bill Swift. Uh, uh, the Bill Swi- the Swifties,
0: uh, the, the. Well, I just typed. I just typed Bail Bill me out Swift here, into Google, and the first thing that comes up is Bill Swift obituary. So. <laughs> no 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 it's a different one (laughs) maybe okay oh goodness no he is i believe still hanging out in portland maine um (laughs) let's see i mean it's
1: not a bad place to hang Uh,
0: out i would be interested to see uh like a clock themed section for jamie moyer just like (laughs) some <laughs> like a bunch of like hourglass themed stuff or just like, like the desert the Moir like mm-hmm. Moyers Desert and uh, like the Sands of Time. Like I, I don't know. I, I Kate, have you ever been to Bongo's? Um okay. So Bongo's is a Cuban uh slash sort of Caribbean restaurant. Uh it's on Aurora, uh it's on or ninety nine, I guess before it becomes Aurora by Green Lake. And um it is a sort of unassuming looking... Pl- well, it's a, it's very assuming, actually, if from the outside. <laughs> assuming in a potentially negative way. Um, in that I just thought it had been graffitied. Um, and that it was an unmarked lot. That just someone like had written bongos on the front for a while. Uh, until I went around the other side and realized that the wooden fencing that they had set up all the way around... Um, was actually so that they could hold in the gigantic sand pit that they had for their entire outdoor area. Uh, and on the inside, they had painted, like, tropical scenes so that people could sit out in their, like, beach chairs in the sand and eat their Cuban food and feel like it wasn't Seattle um, while they ate, which is, it's that fantastic. Full endorsement of Mongos. Our, uh, fu- you know, Lookout Landing's number one longest-standing sponsor – Bongos, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) a taste you can trust. Um, No, but uh, I think the idea of flooding or I guess not flooding, but sanding like a corner of the or a whole section and just like setting up beach chairs for people uh, sounds awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I would thoroughly endorse it. Uh, so if if Jamie and his slow mo change up, uh, I think he's his his he is a pitching epitome of sort of beach life, island time, uh, and the slowing. Mm-hmm, so.
1: There, there was a way to go really negative with that, and I think I think you did a you made a nice job, <laughs> you did a nice job. I was gonna suggest everyone be like moving in slow mo. Well,
0: I I thought about that, but like, like that's just that, not. a... I mean, is it is better. about the fan experience as more than anything, and I don't really. I think that'd be fun for like an inning, and then like you can't bring kids to the slow mo zone. Um, like they're not gonna they might be entertained for like 15 minutes and then they're just gonna be like bouncing around so
1: wait you're saying like island time and no children i (laughs) sign me up
0: (laughs) we can see we'll we'll see how this works i want to go to big old drinks with pine drinks out of pineapples only um yeah well let's uh kevin martinez we'll we'll get we'll be in touch uh
1: if Ryan Weber ever comes back, I would enjoy a Disney Channel themed <laughs> section for Absolutely. kid picture. Ryan oh, Weber,
0: goodness. our poor young young man. I I believe he's he's back doing some rehab at last, but I don't know what he's. Yeah. Is he? Oh,
1: it's time for my uh, Ryan Weber photo essay, where I isolate every picture of him celebrating with the team, <laughs> yes. pictures of him from the dugout. Yeah. You know, every time there's a walk-off, I'm like, yeah. who's that? Oh, that's Ryan Weber. It's getting oh, okay, hurt good for in you. one game and
0: then getting to just hang <laughs> yeah, out at, yeah, the at the major, major league, league level, level. for the rest of the year. Just, mm-hmm. just draw that check. Nicely done. Nicely done, young man. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, our next question comes from uh, uh, Connor Donovan at Kenner Doleman on Twitter. Um, and I guess Suizo actually added on to that. So we'll, we'll, uh, make it a two-parter. Um, will Ian Miller get a look next year? Um, and, or do you think Miller will get a look in a James Jones type role once the rosters expand in September?
1: Ooh, um, Well, you have seen Ian Miller and you know, I have been on the Ian Miller bandwagon for quite some time Um, just from watching like the grainy uh, images of him because I would go to isolate something and in one frame he would be in the frame and in the next frame he was out Uh, like he had already made his jump and was gone standing on for space and then just nowhere to be found. Um, so the seeing the speed play live and in person is compelling, pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it's it is compelling. I think you said something really smart about speed, um, in that it's a very easy skill to see translating at the yeah, major league I mean, level. It, right? Know,
0: if you if you're looking for like plate discipline or you know pitch control or you know like a, a good, good hands, you know, at the bat or, or good footwork. That's a tougher thing. You know, just if you're not spending hours and hours and hours looking for these things, you know, that's a tough thing to isolate and say, okay, well, this guy does this well and he does it better or worse than these other 10 guys. But speed is pretty easy to translate to watch a guy and say, Ah, my eyes are having to move very quickly to follow this <laughs> blur of light, <laughs> um, and so y- you can see in Ian Miller, there's, a, you know, like James Jones, a player who has a very clear skill set and a very clear value on a team, where if you need a base stolen, there's your guy. <laughs> like, uh, and the Mariners are fortunate to have a team where their entire outfield is capable of taking a base and, you know, Segura is capable of taking a base.
1: Taking, taking a base, not necessarily. I would say like stealing Mm -hmm. it. Like Ian Miller, one of the things about Ian Miller was I was watching. Uh, oh God, who was that prospect? Mm-hmm. Dakota Hudson. Oh, the Cardinals. For the, the, who's like a pretty the well-regarded prospect? Yes, prospects. yeah, one of the top Cardinals prospects. Someone I foolishly hoped we could maybe get our hands on in exchange for Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, so Dakota Hudson, Ian Miller, uh, infield single, you know, swinging bunt gets on first base. Dakota Hudson had a really nice move off the mound to try to get him. Could not get him. He is fast. Um, and it just, he just drives pitchers crazy. Like, he's standing on the mound. He's constantly looking over his shoulder. He did everything he could to try to keep him there. He checked on him a bunch of times. He looked at him before every single pitch he threw. Um, he was just. Constant. He knew it was a late game. It was tied. He knew Ian Miller was going to try to steal that base. Everyone in the stadium knew Ian Miller was going to try to steal the base. And he stole it anyway. And I think that that's the difference um, because there's there's stealing a base because you see the opportunity. And there's stealing a base because you have to in a clutch leverage situ- where everyone knows it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. Um, and that's what Ian Miller can do, and I'm not sure that anyone on the team other than Dyson right, can right. do that yeah. for the Mariners right now. And I admit to my heart seizes up every time it's I see Segura run.
0: I'm okay watching him run. It's when he slides, is when <laughs> it it's is, the
1: slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's let's yeah. let's be clear. It's the sliding. Oh my god, I love Angie <laughs> Munting so much because It just, it obviously drives her nuts when he, she cannot, she's like, Gene, I love you, but please fix your slide.
0: So to bring it around, I think that he gets a call up because, you know, you're you're probably not, you're not putting Ian Miller on your playoff roster if a playoff roster is something that we actually have to contemplate, but um, he is someone who.
1: But can he help you get there? That's someone who
0: you know he's capable defensively and if you need a base that's you you need a base in late innings you put that you put him in you get that base and you get you know, yeah. you, it, you know he is a slight increase in win probability every time he's put on base and that's a valuable person to have on your bench so uh, yeah
1: one thing that i and i wrote about this a little too is um it's not just that he has the speed, but I have seen him, and I don't know if this would happen at the major league level too, but I've seen it happen at AA and now it's happening at AAA. Um, he forces good baseball players to do <laughs> foolish, silly, wow. dumb things uh, like overthrow, like airmail their pickoff throw to first base because they're so concerned with him. Uh, catchers airmail throws into center field because they're so worried about trying to get him and. Maybe pick him off yeah. and nail him on that base. And that's something we see with um, Dyson.
0: I mean, like we—I've seen we've seen a yes, number of destructive. plays where it's like everyone in the stadium knows he's going, and it doesn't matter. And you know, the catcher's doing everything they can. Ball's not even close. Dyson maybe even gets an extra base. Um, yeah. You know, and I, you know, I—it's not that I like am going to doubt it. It's just I don't know if Miller is as fast as Dyson or or. As good of,
1: a... oh, Mil- I think Miller's uh, as fast and, as Dyson. I think it's,
0: yeah, I, I would, I would say he's about about on that same level. So it's you know the the value this year is going to be there, and I think we'll see him. I think it will be fun because um, he's not going to get in much. He may not even have a single at bat, um, but he will probably have an effect on games, and that's. <laughs> worth having so um mm-hmm. all right let's see uh
1: our next question <laughs> miller's speed score on fan graphs is an 8.4
0: <laughs> um yeah uh let's see let's from uh oh are you looking up dyson's okay
1: yeah dyson's uh, is 8.0 yeah
0: no, it is. It is. I hope beyond just that. I think it's a worthwhile thing. I hope that he does get called up because, you know, you and I have. We obviously we pay attention to every level of the Mariners system more than most people. I think do or need to. Um,
1: <laughs> we do absolutely. it so other people and, don't and have so to.
0: It's. It's. One of the most fun things to watch in the system, especially in the system where there are not the that many high ceiling prospects, so you kind of have to, you know, when you find something fun, you want to, you know, you you look for those fun things on. over and over. Exactly, just
1: grab on exactly. with both and hands. So
0: Miller's, you know, definitely got. He has he has an MLB skill, and that should be uh, on the roster this September. Um, let's see here. Uh, I have a quick question. I guess we we talked about this a little bit. Um, but uh, I I I think it's worth going into. Uh, from Chris K at Chris from Bothell. Uh, even if this homestand is mind meldingly shitty, uh, there will still be hope for the Wild Card, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> yes, I would um, say yes. What would you say?
1: Um, <laughs> yes, because, uh, so I, re- I watched the Rays game yesterday. Um, and obviously the Boston just stomped all over the Rays. Um, And I remember that we played Boston pretty close. Uh, We got Mm. devastated by Sale, obviously, um, in a game that I think Andrew Moore did not pitch that poorly in that game. (laughs) We were not just not able to do.
0: I mean, it was four nothing. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, it was not exactly an. an, Yeah, so uh, the. The non-Chris Sale parts of the Red Sox that we saw, I mean, we've battled them and we fought them, and it looked to me like a better effort than... If you're going to consider the Red Sox, who I'm not even sure, are they the class of of that division? The Yankees, I think there's a real good argument that the Yankees are a better team than the Red Sox. Um, So just looking at how they looked as a team, I, I... feel hopeful about our ability to get past mm. the Rays. I feel less hopeful about the Royals, which is incredibly <laughs> annoying. Uh, it's incredibly annoying because of Melky Cabrera, who is the most <laughs> annoying player in baseball to me personally right now. I feel like we are always <laughs> playing Melky Cabrera. Uh, I feel like the Royals could trade him to someone we're going to face over the net. Like, oh, Melky Cabrera's an Oriole now. Have fun. Like, ah, he's just, he's so, because, and he makes these catches, and I don't even think he's a particularly (laughs) athletic guy, but somehow he's reeling in these catches that look like he belongs in our outfield, but he's not athletic. And he has this swing. He hit this two-run home run to go ahead last night against the Cardinals and it was just like he just mm-hmm. I think he was just slashing at it. It was like kind of an excuse <laughs> me sp- and it went out. It took oh, a, it took so a rally frustrating. To mm. get it back. Yeah, yeah. I thank goodness because otherwise so I mean the Cardinals are pretty good. So the the Royals getting stomped by the Cardinals is obviously deeply satisfying to me, but they still mm-hmm. make me nervous. Um, just because they are so aggressive. They run like hell. Wit Merrifield made they some kind of crazy aggressive. deal with the devil where he is mm. suddenly socking dingers. I don't know, or maybe he like when we were playing them stole Gamel's magic bean or whatever. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, they're just, they just—they seem to be running into an, a crazy amount of luck, and the Mariners are not really running into luck. Um, they're playing hard. They're winning against teams that I feel like they should win against, like Texas, like Oakland. But they're not getting lucky. They're just playing well, and I do feel like there's there is a component of luck to all of this. Um, and if anything, you could argue we've had some bad luck. Phelps going down is some incredibly bad luck. So yeah, I am nervous Uh, about the Royals.
0: The Royals do not worry me as much. um, Nor, for some reason, maybe this is just bad, you know, long term habit. Um, I'm less concerned about the the Royals or the Rays, and I. Feel the angels being more annoying, um, just because mm.
1: like,
0: Trout is back, and I am always terrified of a team who has the best player in any series or in any game. Um, and it's obviously it's less impactful yes. in baseball than it could be in other sports, but um, you know that is still my biggest concern because I think you know the Royals they have had injuries they've you know been sputtering lately but you know they just had Trevor Cahill they're one of their main acqu- acquisitions at the uh, you know at the break they're you know to bolster their pitching rotation. he's on the uh 10-day DL now with a uh, you know I think shoulder impingement which is usually a few weeks injury as well so it's not as though they're particularly healthy and the Rays not only are I think Not a better team than Seattle, but also have to play the rest of the AL East, which means they play the Yankees and the Red Sox more than we do, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) if the Mariners do not do well this homestand, it's damaging in a significant degree. Um, It doesn't mean they're out of it, but it means, you know, right now. If you ask me if... I mean, it's not more likely that they make the playoffs than that they they don't, but I think that the Baroners are the team most likely... One of the two most likely teams to win the wild card right now. Um, And if they struggle, I would not feel that way after this homestand, which is a very potentially lazy way of saying it, but it's just like it's so close and even though i think they're a better team than the angels i think they're a better team than the twins i think they're a better team than the Rays. they're a better team than the Royals. just because there's such a small room for error and there's so few games left um yeah i you know it's and then they play so many games on the road it would be tough for me to be excited so it wouldn't be over but the the
1: I would say because of positioning and where the team is and where the team that they're playing is that makes this series right. feel like the most crucial series of this month because it's a chance against a team that is has not performed as well as your team. There's a
0: chance to um uh, it's a, it's team a chance that's, to bury the Angels really <laughs> like if if you can go 3 in 1 yeah. this weekend then the Angels are sitting five back they're in trouble or you know four or five back and they'll be really really hard pressed with six seven teams above them to you know to make any headway um so
1: yeah um here's why i'm not as worried about the the Angels, um, obviously Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, um, Andrelton Simmons. When will <laughs> his magic bean wither and die? Oh. It's incredibly annoying that he's been so good. Um, but you know, these these uh, Calhoun is not having an especially good year, uh, he still whops some dingers. Um, right. he's got second most on the team with 13. I'm <laughs> trailing Mike Trout by 10. Um, uh, wait, how many does Pujols have? Pujols, Pujols I feel is... like.
0: Pujols has the dingers Pujols. and also has the the very bad at baseballs. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Pujols yeah. has 17. So he's actually third on the team um, in home runs. Yeah. Uh, that's not a ton of home mm-hmm. runs for the third most on your team, 13. Um. There's just a lot. There's there are a lot of guys who are there are guys who are overperforming like Simmons, um, but then there are guys who are underperform. Oh, and Escobar's <laughs> overperforming, which of course is annoying to me because I can't stand him. Um, but then there there are guys who are just like CJ yeah. Crone just fell I mean, he, fell he, down a hole this year. I don't know what happened been to been him.
0: To get it right, and their their pitching has been potentially even more snake bitten yeah. than ours.
1: So that's my other point is like, okay, not only do I feel like we maybe have the edge in lineup, I think we have the edge in defense, even as annoyingly good as Cameron uh, yes, Maven is is he healthy again by ago, the way naturally is he back okay, that's it. yeah, that's we... annoying. Oh great, just in time for us. fabulous um but their pitching is i like you said, just way worse than ours, just much more much more snake bit yes. and uh and they don't have James Paxton. Uh-huh. They don't have uh, a James Paxton. Yeah, Shoemaker is out, right? He's um, done.
0: Richards is, mm-hmm. I think, still on the DL. Um, I, th- I think yeah, he's done. Po- yeah, potentially. I, I believe the, the lineup done, no. this, this, uh, for this series is um, it's Skaggs, um, JC Ramirez, who's like, okay, uh Ricky Nolasco who's like okay and Parker Bridwell who's like not even okay and yeah yeah uh, who we lit so, up you know, it's, last it's... time
1: yeah uh Nolasco has He's, an FIP he... of 5.27 um,
0: Yeah I mean it's it's so... you know it's a situation where like they've had a lot of guys who've been fine and like Skaggs is I think probably their best pitcher standing at this point um they starter wise but uh you know the mariners can handle it uh, because their offense is very good um it is if if it is a matchup of these and and also their uh their bullpen the the angels have been propped up by their bullpen which has sort of appeared out of nowhere and is is started, has been fading of late yeah um, so
1: Petit has been yeah. their most
0: Petite, Petite and Parker effective have been reliever, right? Parker has, I think, fallen off a bit. And um and Parker, and right so you know, you you, I mean, you they're they're two similar teams, um, you know, in the sense that they've been propped up by good defense and a good bullpen um, when they've been good, and their starting pitching has been too much to overcome when they've been bad. But yeah, yeah, uh, boy, that sounds yeah. familiar. And so. I would, you know, yes, the Mariners rotation is really rough, but they're at home, they have the better offense, they have the better defense, um, and I think at this point even with Phelps out, they have the better um better bullpen. So, or at least the bullpens are comparable. So, um it it's it's obviously Scary, and in four games anything can happen. But I think they take three out of four, and I think that's that sort of pushes them up. That gives them the, some breathing room um, to to really, you know, not only separate themselves from Kansas City and Tampa, but bury the rest of the AL West behind them. And and sort of try and try and sidle up to Houston. Yeah, so who no just pressure, like no pressure, guys. Like ignores them. Like, hey, isn't it fun being up here? (laughs) The cool kids (laughs) 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 club.
1: They lost Uh, to the White Sox a few times. (laughs) Houston's in a weird situation. Yeah, like what the heck is? And they have Springer back so it's not their it, I mean they're still Sounds Korea but their
0: whole it's... starting rotation is it, no one has a starting pitcher anymore essentially is where we're at Yeah Well, no, we No there are no except it, the Mariners so... and James yeah. Paxton
1: <laughs> we Let have us one. let us wrap him uh, in bubble wrap at all times you know,
0: The the Red Sox have... <laughs> we have one sale and like not really anyone else that's been good cuz mm-hmm. Price has been weird and Porcello has fallen back to earth and uh, the Yankees have had everyone fall yeah. apart too, in Pineda's on the DL and yeah, and McHugh and McCullers I think are both hurt still. I want to say, maybe McCullers is back, but
1: McCullers yeah. is just has been wildly, weirdly ineffective. Essentially, I don't, what's don't going on pitch with
0: him. is the moral of yeah. the story. Um, or, yeah, or pitch. <laughs> And or pitch, and pitch be Ryan Weber,
1: <laughs> and get all the money once <laughs> peace
0: and get to hang out with Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz in the dugout <laughs> step
1: three profit um, so uh,
0: yeah it's 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 gonna be tough but if they can yeah if they can pull it out it'll be fantastic if they don't mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world but also you know that it just, you know, I mean, it's back, t- it'll be back to where we were last week, where it was. I mean, yeah, they can do it. It'll just take a lot, a run that is unlikely. So, um, they have the chance to put it into their own hands, so to speak, now, take it into their own hands, and, you know, I would like to see them do that. <laughs> um,. We let's let's do just a couple more questions here. Um, we we talked a little bit about uh, people who could be brought up, um, but I think another person uh, that we could mention, um, and we got some questions about who else could be brought up, and how to allocate, you know, pitching innings, um, if the starters can only <laughs> make it, you know, five innings or so, um, and right. You know, Phelps missing the next couple weeks sucks, but uh, hopefully you're gonna get Shea Simmons back in the next couple weeks. Um, you know who has been out all year has been an, a, a very effective uh, reliever in the major leagues already. Um, you know he's still young, but you know we've seen him in Tacoma. Talked to him in Tacoma. He's physically where he needs to be he's just sort of mechanically rusty um and so i would expect they'll bring him up pretty soon um as soon you know as, as soon as they can uh you know with, with being cautious um and then probably we'll also see some Ernesto Frieri um which yeah
1: yeah pitched yeah. pretty and, effectively you know, not, last night for Tacoma you know, he's
0: been a good pitcher in the past he's not spectacular I think his you know his main issue is control because I mean it's a guy who throws mid 90s pushes upper 90s um, but has had you know currently you know this year has had a higher walk rate than strikeout rate and you know has lived in you know has made a living striking out a ton of people and making up for how many people he walks um so if he's able to do a little bit of that then you see it but you know i think you you probably just have to survive with a little bit of overuse of long relievers and the rest of yes oh uh, wait yes.
1: i'm sorry i want to i want to throw dan altavilla's name into this uh because since he went back to tacoma uh, post all-star break so Around the beginning of July, he's pitched mm-hmm. eleven innings and has allowed no runs, um, ten walks. So the walks is still something that he's but, needing and, and to and get a, under yeah. control. And but sixteen strikeouts. Just, like, if he just um, um, and he's just
0: uh, if he's just not giving up as many homers, like you can handle the walks because they're just not getting cashed in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's um, <laughs> yeah. he got bitten by that fairly badly earlier in the season at both and when he came to Tacoma too was still having a little bit of a home run problem um but since July 6th when he gave up a home run has not given up one Uh, despite playing in some pretty wacky parks like Albuquerque and Colorado Springs I think if you don't give up a home run in Colorado Springs they automatically give you a medal I'm not entirely sure um, but
0: Left center field. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, Yes. Alteville is a a good point and and someone who I think we'll also see because you need as many arms as you can get and especially when you have a rotation that will only go a little bit. Yep. Yeah, you're going to need to extend it. Um, Grant Mm -hmm. Bronston asks, uh, our our own Grant Bronston, what players weekend nicknames would you give to the LL staff Mariners coaching staff Mariners front office
1: oh I think Mariners I, I Hall of Famers. Mariners Hall of Famers well I think I would um, I think I'm going to do something <laughs> eventually where we all where we debut our jersey nicknames That's fair. That's uh, so fair. I don't know if we want to spoil yeah. that for the, the, for LL the LL staff Rainiers,
0: uh, day perhaps
1: Yes. Oh, that would be good. Uh, So for the Mariners coaching staff slash front office, um, man, Casey Candel, he needs a nickname (laughs) because he's just a delightful little sprite. Uh, Firecracker, (laughs) I like it. I was gonna go with Buddy, like the elf, even though he's very small,
0: very funny, like really like whip. Like whip smart, like whip, you know, and it's sort of a candle candle. Whip smart, uh, yeah. Candle, So maybe uh, something in there. Um, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to think of famous turtles uh, mm-hmm. for Mr. Service. Uh, <laughs> Franklin. Oh. Yes, there you go. Perfect. Um, Franklin. And, Franklin. And you had a good one for Manny Acta over there. <laughs>
1: oh cause hashtag solid uh, solid that's how he finishes every instagram i have no idea what it means but and then there would be I, like a picture of him say, smoking, a cigar. So of smoking a cigar he's always smoking a cigar uh Britain, oh, nothing that references mm. donaldson please somebody suggested Swellmit master I mean, on most of the yeah most of the L hall of famers pretty
0: well established you know griffey's the kid uh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Gar, it's, Poppy, you know, Bone. It, it is. It is fairly well. Yeah, big unit.
1: It's caused a lot of reflection, though, on like what mm. is a nickname and who you give a nickname mm. to, and what, like, you nickname things mm. that you love, right? Because you have another, or things that you care about, mm. so you have another um, way to call mm. them or another thing, a, a special word for them, right? Um, so I can see being Ben Gammill and being like, this is hard. I'm new. I don't have one yet. Um, we have kicked around a bunch, but Ivy from Twitter, Ivy cat, I think is her, is her handle suggested crash. Uh, and I think crash is it. great for Gamel. It kind of
0: looks like crash, crash gamble
1: also too. I, I think we should make this try to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i th- i think we could make uh, this happen you know i've been trying to get benny ball game off the ground but uh i think crash crash is better yeah.
0: uh
1: so we're gonna i'm gonna really make a concerted push to get that and right, maybe see if we can call. if we can communicate um, to him at some uh, point to that that,
0: though catchers like always have nicknames and now i'm just very like your your point reinforced how strange it is to me that zunino does not have a nickname chosen uh or did not select a nickname whereas like there are a million possibilities (laughs) like your name starts with a z everyone wants to call you something i guess maybe that's it maybe he's sick of being called Dumb like things that he doesn't like. He's just just call Z? me
1: Zunino. <laughs> I mean, I uh. guess, but you've been with the team for like five years. Uh. Y- you yeah. should yeah. have a n- zoo. Everybody calls you Zoo at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zoo Z. Any of any of these. It doesn't have to be fancy. I could also <laughs> see Mike Zunino though being like, I don't deserve a uh. nickname. Kate, have hit you ever had a for people who hit over two twenty? Uh uh not <laughs> one that I can share without uh,
0: Can you tell us at least what the context was in which it in in which it came? Like like, like what what organization, what What group of people it was? Like, was it friends? Was it, like,
1: your coworkers? The people who I... Yeah, the people I worked (laughs) with at my college writing (laughs) center gave me a nickname we all had nicknames for a while I am, so
0: i am was very uh, intrigued about what a nickname yes. is that you could be given by your college writing group that cannot be shared on air yeah i'll
1: tell <laughs> yeah i'll tell you I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you later i'll tell you later
0: also <laughs> occasionally
1: i can be demanding it turns out and i may or may not have been called uh, in full jest la contessa which is uh at at times <laughs> when i've been especially difficult oh that's oh and katie bird katie um, bird. my uh grandma used to call me i, katie bird. I, I mean the first time
0: i ever had was john john from my like parents friends hubert but uh more
1: <laughs> he was he was, something. was he a kennedy uh, <laughs> i
0: love hubert uh but the majority <laughs> of them are through sports and so like it's you know my last name's troopin so which is more distinctive than john so people call me troop troop dog exactly um i've troop had dog big country uh big puma um yeah uh, i in fact actually Ooh. in high school i've had i've had a bunch but uh, in high school, my principal uh, at Garfield High School, Mr. Howard, uh, discovered that my nickname was Big Country because, relative to anyone else that went to Garfield High School, I was fairly country in that I like wore flannel and jeans and liked country music, um, and so uh, he took to the name, the nickname, very strongly. Thought it was hilarious and started referring to me as that exclusively whenever I would see him. Um, And that was often because I was on the student government. And that was mostly fine and then he started introducing me at assemblies as that when I would like talk about some stuff. And that was a little less fine but it was still okay. And then we had the 40th anniversary of Title IX celebration um, that was at our school and Patty Murray, Senator Patty Murray, um, and Uh, Megan Rapinoe and a few other members of um, the Seattle Reign were at our school to talk to a bunch of students and our principal introduced me to Senator Patty Murray as Big Country Troopin which I did not really appreciate. (laughs) So Nicknames can get away from you, <laughs> and I have made an about-face. Stick with Zunino, Mike. Uh, don't let him get you down, because that was absurd and miserable. Uh, but, yes. so
1: I'm right now looking to see if Mike Zunino has a listed nickname on <laughs> Baseball Reference, which has sort yeah, of a history of sometimes putting up peculiarly. nicknames that do not hmm Yeah, like mm-hmm. wizard for Ichiro. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life heard anyone call him. Yeah. No, there uh, is not one listed for Mike. There's still uh let's see if Ben Gamal has one listed. <laughs> well, I mean there's some time, but not a lot. That's fair. You know, it's 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 uh, kind of yeah. been a while. <laughs> All right, so Crash gamble. All right, Uh, our final question of the
0: day, and and, yeah, this is essentially uh, just a question show. I I don't remember if we mentioned that, but um, we got a bunch of great questions that generally fit with what we were going to talk about anyway, so we decided we would just roll with that, um, and thank you for sending those questions in. Um, This question comes from Jeff M at 2... W N S U. I don't know if that's Twon or what, but uh, the question is, how much do you expect to cry during <coughs> the Edgar Martinez ceremony on Saturday? I know I will be. Um, and, and Kate, you you wrote you oh, wrote so a wonderful piece. So much tear piece, uh, so many tears. So many Open Edgar Week here um, on on Monday, and <laughs> to say nothing of your personal campaign. Uh, the 57 posts. The Edgar Hall of Fame. 57, 57 um, posts campaign, which was remarkable. Um, and and so I, I, you know, I I'm obviously very excited, but you know, I sort of grew up later in Edgar's career and and have more nostalgia attached to him through just being a Mariners fan. So I would mo mainly just like to hear what how how you're feeling, what you're feeling, what your expectations are, what Can you imagine what it's going to feel like for you?
1: My expectations are (laughs) that I am going to cry a lot. Uh, Just cry and cry and cry. Um, You know, they say don't meet your heroes, but I have never encountered any story, especially as like, I kind of get closer to the team and to people who have interacted with him or known him. Um, and then sort of my own uh, opportunity to meet him when I was 10 at like a, a sports card signing thing. Uh, you know, it's just it, everything, the world is shitty a lot of times, right? Like, especially when you grow up and uh, you realize in that transition, that loss of innocence from childhood, that like actually people are oftentimes craven. They are oftentimes smaller than especially you want them to be, not bigger who and better. See so much and have um, such a big profile. That right, um, and especially not those who are involved in things that cause you to have that high profile, like sports or. Uh, the movie industry or, or things where kind of the rules, I was talking to Mike Marjima, the new catcher the other day, uh, at Tacoma. And he sort of said, you know, this isn't real life. Like he is a substitute teacher during the off season. He has a pretty strong concept of what real life is and what baseball life is. And which is something <laughs> I appreciated about that conversation. Uh, what a grounded, great kid. Just cannot say enough about him. Um, But Edgar, in every thing that I've heard, it just, it's always Mm -hmm. fit. Like, he is who he said he was and who other people said he was. And um, thats it's tremendously comforting, I think, and Mm -hmm. things have changed so much. The world is scary, right, a lot of times. and to know that the mm. same person that I, like, hero-worshipped as a kid is still someone who is Maybe worthy not worship, of that but... worship. Oh, admiration. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... um, And the, to have that continuity between, like, my earliest fandom and then this later iteration of the team, uh, you know... Another thing people say is you can't go home again, but uh, I think Edgar kind of disproves that. And so just for me personally, having been gone for a long time and I oftentimes feel like I ducked out on the team like when things were the shittiest and uh, I don't have maybe quite the fan creds some people do because I wasn't here for the super dark times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss the mid 2000s and the 2010s. Um, But his journey sort of overlaps so closely with mine, like when he was on the team is when I was invested when he left. That's when I left Seattle. And when he came back is essentially around the same time when I came back. So sort of I've said this before, but he's kind of the alpha and the omega of Mariners fandom for me. And Oh man, I'm I am choked up talking about it, so I'm gonna be a mess. <laughs> if you see me at Safeco this weekend, I'm just like a heap of tears on the ground. Just sort of like, just shove me aside, please, so I don't get trampled. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some some yeah. time. I'm,
0: it, it's gonna be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be. I mean, I've been to. I was at. What was it? I was at Griffey's. Hall of Fame induction, retirement or number retirement, um, and you know both of those were incredible. Um, but it's something. I, I, Edgar Edgar has a different connection. Edgar is relatable in a way that you know maybe it's unfair to Griffey just because it looked so easy for Griffey. Um, and Griffey, you know, always looked like the baseball demigod, um, and it was like, of course you love Griffey, um, because who couldn't love greatness, and greatness that appeared, you know, that was came with joy, but Edgar was greatness too, and I, you know, it is it is amazing to. Sort of the way that, uh, you know, everyone like people who loved baseball followed it every day. People who were fans, but were f- maybe fans through a family member, or fans through their parents, or fans through their kids, um, you know, or fans because their friends wanted, you know, were into this thing. Uh, Edgar is their favorite player nine times out of ten if they grew up in Seattle, and that's I you know I don't I don't even know what makes it so special other than that he was, you know, he looked like everyone knew someone a little bit like Edgar and it felt like you could be a little bit like Edgar too, so I'm very excited.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sanford just wrote a really great thing on the site too, kind of talking about how how Edgar did have that ability to pull in people who weren't, um, yes, maybe necessarily baseball fans. He made baseball fans out of non-baseball fans because they loved Edgar because they loved him as a person and just seeing him afterwards. You know, he just when you are good, just mm-hmm. inherently good a good person it, it radiates right like there are some people you meet and you're just like oh this is <laughs> this is an, an, mm-hmm. an angel who's walking around on earth with the rest of us um, and I think that even even in a pre-internet age like even in a time where we were limited to radio interviews and t- uh, articles in the newspaper and brief interviews maybe on TV Um, The goodness just shone out of him and there was something, like you said, there was something human and relatable about him, but then he was also a little bit better. He made me want to be like a little bit kinder and a little bit, a little bit better than I was. And he continues to do that to this day. I am very inspired by him as a person. So, Um, and he was ours, you know, he was only ever a Mariner. He was ours. And I think that that, in a way, because he didn't have the just insane physical gifts that Griffey had, um, that kept him ours, and he didn't want to go, and he didn't have <laughs> right. to go anywhere. He could just be ours forever.
0: Well, um, I think Edgar forever. You know that that is uh, the final of our questions, and and I know that we uh, we have a lot of baseball upcoming um you know
1: um, wh- <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man it's a lot of baseball i just i need to let down excellent this is i'm very yeah. stressed i'm headed to the game tonight headed to sit in the maple is, grove so this is
0: the one that's exciting
1: <laughs> whoo it's, <laughs> it's gonna be big it's gonna be big a lot of emotions coming up <laughs> yeah well this is i'm trying to prepare my emotions in advance like uh You know, just cushion (laughs) everything in their line, everything with some very soft bedding. Um, You know, thinking a lot about how to how to practice some good self care here because this is going to be a very emotionally one way or the other. This is going to be an emotionally exhausting weekend. So, and uh, let's I'm going to take care of myself. You all um, take care of yourselves uh, as well.
0: Another plug and and reminder. Um, So our uh, an alumna of Lookout Landing, um, I guess a few, uh, but Meg Rowley, um, has helped organize with the Mariners, um, the, a Beyond the Baselines, uh, Celebrating Women in Baseball, um, event for next Tuesday, uh, August 15th, um, against the Orioles, um, which is showcasing, um, a, I think five, uh, five women, um, who have had a variety of different experiences um, sort of in uh, working within baseball um, and sort of their experiences, how they've gotten into it, and how the role of women in baseball is changing, developing, um, and Mm. we encourage you to check it out. We're going to have some more stuff up about that. Um, We already had an interview uh, with Meg, but it's organized by Meg, by Jeff Sullivan, um, and by Kevin Martinez uh, and Colin O'Keefe. So three out of the four people who I think were sort of the driving forces of organizing this event um, are Lookout Landing uh, affiliated, which is something that is really cool. um, Even, you know, obviously it's a fantastic thing, um, regardless of its origins, but it's something that gives us a little bit of extra pride. So. Um, you can buy tickets for that um, on the site. We don't need to advertise for the team necessarily, but for for this event, which is very cool. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we are gonna go uh, work on preparing our emotions, and <laughs> you do that too, and we. Thank you, as always, for your excellent questions. Continue to send them to us. We are happy to sure. talk about them. And we will see you all next week. Go Mariners!
0: I'm